Welcome back to Cookies and Milk, Bedtime Stories with me, Monica. How are you? Hope you guys are having a good hump day. It is hump day. Soon to be over, moving into Thursday, closer to the weekend for you weekend warriors. So I posed a question a few days ago on Twitter. And I said, what are the main obstacles in life you know you could use some help overcoming, but won't ask for help for a myriad of reasons? There weren't that many responses, which was kind of interesting. Could have been the time of day that I tweeted it. Well, yeah, because it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, So there are a lot of factors that go into that, but usually people are extremely willing and able uh, to... Um, to give answers. And uh, I'm going to read over some of them, and I want to touch on one in particular. One was finding my courage again. I thought that was interesting. Finding my courage again. Another person says, bills. Need help with bills. We'll work multiple jobs. Uh, another person says, I very rarely ask for help with anything. Some of you can relate to that. Dedication to healthier eating and exercise. Okay. Um, another one says, how do we fix a country that is becoming more godless? Our freedom is tied to our rights given to us by God. Okay. Another person says, asking you to dinner. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Another person says, myself. That's the biggest obstacle. Knowing and doing the right thing are are more often than not in conflict. My responsibility and no one else's. If I slow myself down and focus and listen, then I'll be fine. So I want to touch on this. The one person says, I never ask for help. Right, A lot of you can relate to that. I could too, but about 10 years into my widowhood, I was cured of that. Because my life got so hard and so messy, and God convicted me so clearly about the spirit of pride around asking others to help and not robbing people of the blessing of helping. Because when you refuse help, and you keep waiting on God, and God sends others who embody his spirit, that's pride. And that is effectively telling God no thanks. Now, can God create a miracle? Can he show up in a burning bush? Of course. But it is really difficult for some people to ask for help. And I would submit to you one of the main reasons why that's so hard is because people fear rejection more than death, more than homelessness, more than your electricity being shut off. You fear rejection 
more than trusting that when you ask God to provide and you ask God to make a way and he shows up through someone and maybe sometimes through someone who you kind of wish didn't show up or you might be suspicious or, you know, you just can't believe it or your pride is there because they're like, you know, you would never want this person to see you sweat. But what you don't realize is that as much healing is going on inside of you, if God is in it, there's equally, there's something equal going on in the other person. And it's such a beautiful thing to just be humble and ask for help. But I just, I want to talk about something, this whole myself being the biggest obstacle, knowing and doing the right thing are more often than not in conflict. Well, that, you know, the Apostle Paul talked about that quite a bit. You know, I'm a wretched man. I do that, which I know I shouldn't do. And I don't do the things I know I should do. And I'm just a wretched man, right? Just a, a sinner. And he also talks about the being of sin. And, you know, it's, and listen, there are some who are going to argue. They'll get all theological about, well, that was before he was converted. No, it wasn't because he would have never thought that he was a wretched man because he was so proud of keeping the law. He was chief among the law keepers, stoned Christians to death because he was chief among the law keepers. He was a chief Jew. He was very plain about that in Scripture. So he would not have been convicted. He would have not have been convicted about sin in this way in this 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 passionate grief that he carried that man I want to do the right thing and I just can't and the things I know I should do I don't and the things I know I definitely should stay away from I don't I run right to them how many of you can relate to that no I can I mean I got my arms and my feet raised right now so he says this person says I am my biggest obstacle Knowing and doing the right thing are more often than not in conflict. My responsibility and no one else's. I completely disagree with that. It is our responsibility to walk after the Spirit. It is also our responsibility to reach out to reach back, to reach over, to reach in front of us if we see someone getting ahead of themselves going running for a cliff. For our brothers and sisters. And I am I am speaking to Christians, but I'm also speaking to those of you who aren't, who are usually actually much better at this than Christians, to be totally honest. But it is incumbent upon all of us. I just I just want to say to Tom, Tom Edie Jr. on my, I don't even know if that's his real name, on Twitter, but I just want to say we're actually charged with carrying each other's burdens. 
So if you are your biggest obstacle and you know the things that you keep doing, this is the whole reason I ask this question. Because I struggle with things I keep doing. And I always have that resident Twitter tweeter person who's like, oh, this is a trick question. Monica's at it again. And it makes me laugh. I think it's really cute because it's really not a trick question. Um, I'm either asking because I'm genuinely curious and I've stumbled upon someone who's struggling with something or going through something or dating or whatever. If I ask questions, I'm genuinely curious. And in this particular instance, I'm curious because I have obstacles in my life that I know I could use some help overcoming but I just, I don't ask for help for a myriad of reasons. Sometimes we don't ask for help because we don't really, we're not ready to let go of that thing. And you know, if you call the right person, they're going to they're gonna jerk your chain. And you're going to be faced with, I guess I should let go of this thing. You're going to be faced with having to answer why you're still holding on to it. Now, what would be helpful is if someone would take the time. I talked about this on my regular show this evening, about how afraid we are of each other to address things in actual love because there's a there's an inherent risk that comes with really loving people. And what do I mean by that? Speaking truth, even when it could cost you. And you can speak truth and love. You know, if someone's granted you permission into their lives to help them overcome something, whether it's paying bills or drinking or sex or porn or, you know, shopping, gambling, uh, gossiping, lying, cheating, stealing, uh, worrying. Oh my goodness. Procrastinating, self-hatred, overeating. I mean, the list goes on and on. If someone has entrusted you enough to ask you to step into that arena with them, then you owe it to that person to show up with discretion, with humility, with compassion, mercy, grace, wisdom, truth. If, if you're not equipped with those things, I would encourage you to... Get with your creator and ask for those things. But don't leave your brothers and sisters on the field to die. To die in their stuff, in their sins, in their addictions, in their confusion, in their worry, in their grief, in their wounding. That's not what we've been called to do. And so it may feel like you are your biggest obstacle and you, and you know, it's your own doing because you, it's your own, but to say it's your own responsibility. Yes, we are to own our choices and our decisions. Absolutely. Yes. No one else. Um, the, the, we will stand before the judgment throne of Christ with all of our decisions, good, bad, and indifferent. And all of that will be there. Okay. And and that's not to scare you. It is what it is. I, I'm really hoping that when, when he is judged, he's still sitting on the mercy seat <laughs> because I know I'm going to need it. 
And I know you guys are too. And so I'm like, please don't get up. Please don't get up from the mercy seat. I got to have you sit on the mercy seat because I'm not going to make it unless you're sitting on the mercy seat, Lord. I'm just not. Don't get up from the mercy seat. That reminds me of that scene. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes ever. It, um, Arthur, sorry. I mean. I don't mean to slight any of you who are struggling with alcoholism, but that's just one of my favorite, funny, ridiculous movies from, you know, my youth. <laughs> and that crazy father, as Susan's father, has shown up at the wedding, and Arthur's just trashed, of course. That's the whole premise of the movie. He's this drunk, spoiled, grown adult man-child who's sickeningly wealthy, and the, and the father shows up. And Arthur's in like the back room with all the bridesmaids and they've got like cheese platters and stuff. And he's like, nothing I want any cheese. <laughs> and the father comes in and he punches him in the face and he punches him again. He stands up and then the father stops and he goes for the cheese knife. <laughs> and Arthur's like, he's laying on the ground. He's like, oh no. Oh, the cheese. <laughs> He's got the knife. Pulling the knife out of the cheese. <laughs> and that's what this reminds me. I'm like, no, Lord, please don't get up from the mercy seat. <laughs> don't move because I'm not going to make it without your mercy. And that is no joke. All jokes aside, I don't want to deliberately walk after sin, but I do. There are moments I do. I have weak moments. I have fleshy moments, uh, you know, I'm wrapped up in whatever, usually worry, dread, fear, anxiety, uh, you know, uh, you name it. That's when all the good stuff comes out. Your resolve just goes right down the crapper. It's just like gone. You're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I didn't think I was going to do that again. And so instead of spending the next six months of beating up on yourself because you hit the crapper again and you kept went right back to that same pile of vomit, I want to encourage you to enlist people, a person, people in your life who can disciple you through those moments, who can help you pick up that cross when you are on your You've knocked both of your teeth out. You're on your face. You're bleeding. Your knees are bloodied. I mean, you're just a mess. And again, it doesn't have to be sex-related or alcohol-related. You know, sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's envy and jealousy. It's bitterness. It's unforgiveness towards yourself. So what do you do? You head to the fridge. You don't go to the gym. You pick up the bottle. You scream at your kids. Whatever it is, you shop till you drop, literally. Your credit company drops you. Whatever it is, I want you to pray for someone in your life to help pick up that cross. And if you have pastors who are not equipped or willing to do that, if you're, if you're a member of a church where you don't feel confident in doing that, you should probably find another church. Because that's not fellowship. And we are healed by his stripes. And that word stripes is fellowship. And it's the Lord's fellowship with the Father and your fellowship with both of them and our fellowship with each other. 
this whole thing is about fellowship. I say it on my regular show, the only way we overcome as a nation is to um, fellowship. I mean, I could say unify, but it, it is to, I mean, unify around around what? In theory, on Twitter, on Facebook? No. No, you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and get down in the mud with people. You're going to have to show up and put your arms around people who don't look like you or believe like you or vote like you. I mean, you're going to have to, you're just going to have to be the bigger, you're going to have to be the adult in the country. Especially the spiritual adult. So, you know, I think about how I would feel if I know, if I knew that my daughter thought she was her biggest obstacle. If she was so down on herself and she was so afraid of rejection and of others that she would not ask for help and she would just die in her puddle of stuff by herself. And I just kept sending help and I kept sending resources and she just never felt worthy or she never recognized that it was from me. She was too afraid to take the risk. And I'm a human and I am wicked according to Jesus, you know, telling people, you who are wicked, when your children ask for bread, would you give them a stone? How much more would your Father in Heaven bless you? So whenever I think of it in those terms, I'm like, man, how we must grieve our Father. It would grieve me so deeply to know that my daughter thought she was her own worst enemy and would not seek the fellowship in order to overcome things in her life that would not allow her to live abundantly. So I pray over each and every one of you that whatever it is you struggle with, I don't care what it is, if it's fear, if it's gossip, if it's envy, jealousy, bitterness, unforgiveness, rage, drinking uh, excessively, porn, um, you know, addiction, um, whatever it is, whatever addiction you have, whatever phobias and fears you have, whatever bills you can't pay, however ill-equipped or insecure you feel or are, um, whatever area Satan has convinced you that you are anything other than this wildly crafted, marvelously and wondrously made created being by your father who is infinite and marvelous and passionate and beautiful and love and and just freedom. He is freedom. And you rest in him. Anything other than that voice, I pray that the Lord would deliver you from that in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would set your will to be delivered that you would set your will to ask for the help, to ask for fellowship, and, and to prepare your hearts to, to set your expectations accordingly. Do not set your expectations for perfection from either the person you've called upon to help, help you navigate and carry your cross, or yourself. The only perfected, being in this entire universe is God, his son, 
his Holy Spirit, the triune being of God, is the only completely perfected. We are going from glory to glory. We are, in fact, perfected in Christ and translated in the spirit realm. But in this temporal, um, fleshy realm, we have things that we're overcoming. And I believe there are going to be things that we're still overcoming when we take our last breath. But I implore you to pray for the people you need to walk with you in fellowship. People who may, they may or may not have come through your valley of the shadow of death. It's okay. They don't have to have been an addict to understand your plight. But pray to God first for the people or the person that you need who's the appropriate person for you who will usher in healing and freedom. Pray for that first. And then when that person appears, trust in God, not that person. Trust in God. Stick close with God. Listen to your instructions and be humble enough to be able to receive help. I know how hard that is, especially for men. If you're jobless, you're going through a really hard time. Your identity is wrapped up in your work. I get it. But please don't, don't be so proud that you would allow your family to end up on the streets or yourself to end up on the streets or dead. Don't make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. There's so much inside of you that you probably haven't even tapped into that, you know, when my daughter made her first C <laughs> or lost her job, we celebrated. I forced it because she was such a perfectionist and a, and a 4.2 student and just brilliant and still is. And she's marvelous and so smart, but pff, could not fail very well. And I wouldn't even consider it a B or a C a failure. But to someone who's accustomed to A plus, 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 pluses, that's a big hit. And for someone whose identity has been formed um, in that level of performance, men, it can be very difficult. But I encourage you to take a moment to round up your wife and your kids and let them see that you're not totally freaked out and stressed about what am I going to do? Well, okay, here's what we're going to do, kids. And, and wife, we're going to hold hands. We're going to bow our heads. And we're going to ask our provider to provide a new job, new opportunities, new skill set, new fellowship. And we're going to trust and we're going to believe and we're going to get up and we're going to be joyful. We're going to play games. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to go on about our lives trusting that what God says is true. And when your kids see that level of faith or your wife thinks you're a nutcase, but then she sees that God actually does come through and your resolve is so strong as a man who is leaning on God instead of your wife, instead of your kids, instead of porn, instead of the secretary, instead of drinking, instead of golf, instead of tennis, instead of fishing. All Listen, nothing's wrong with having hobbies, but y'all know what I'm talking about. When your wife and your children see that you're pressing into God and you and they get to see God show up and they're like, crap, man, that's awesome. Like, 
we thought dad was a hero before, but wow, God's amazing. And then dad's even more amazing because he believed God. You want to take your country back? That's how you do it. Be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. Be kind. Seek out the fellowship you need to overcome those hurdles. They're out there. You know how I know? Because I've had to do it for a very long time. And I've never gone wrong. It has blessed my socks off and I need to practice it again. So I'm preaching to you because I need to take my own advice. (laughs) I love you. I hope you sleep well. Breathe easy. Get some rest. Crawl up in your daddy's lap and get some sleep. Until tomorrow. I love you guys. Good night. Thank you.